Epic loses again, and Setapp may be set to expand thanks to the UK's new rules. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is brought to you by the Mac Voices Slack, available to all patrons of Mac Voices. Sign up today at patreon.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is Mac Voices Live. It's Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is, wherever you are. We are here on YouTube at youtube.com slash TV. We would love to have you join us. We have friends coming into the chat room as I speak. Uh, some are already there. Some just were blown away by the, the pre-show antics. Others probably signed off because of the pre-show antics. I'm not quite sure. Uh, so... Yeah, so if if you aren't here tonight and you're hearing this later in the feeds, please set your alarm, set a reminder, and join us live because it's an awful lot of fun. But, of course, if you're somewhere that this time really doesn't suit you or that you need to be asleep, we understand. The shows end up in the feeds a little bit later for you to enjoy. So with that, we have uh, a few topics tonight that I think are are pretty important uh, to pay attention to. And we're just going to go around the room and let you know who's here and who you can expect to hear from. Um, So first up, um, in his traditional corner at the top of my screen, we have Mr. David Ginsburg. David, good to have you as always. Great to be here, Chuck. Looking forward to some fun tonight. And uh, I'm always looking forward to our great conversations. That's good. Great to have you. I know. I know. Um, let's see. Eric Bolden um, is missing a flower tonight. Tonight he's, I don't know, he, I think he's performing tonight after the show. Eric, good to see you. Ah, it's nice to be back from the fair, out of the goat barn, and back to technology. So it's good. Out of the goat barn. You want to elaborate on that? Well, I was doing... Just make him wonder what that means. <laughs> <laughs> you okay. know, Chuck, we're out of the goat barn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you wouldn't want the details, but okay. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> no, the, uh, um, I do the calculations for the milking competition where they you know, take all the goats that enter, uh, the weights of the milk, butterfat, content protein content multiply it all out to get a score and and um sort it out by by breed to figure out for each breed of goat who the highest scoring goat is and the overall highest scoring and i get to use gym software to do it so it's really cool wow so this is this is really interesting to me. I mean, obviously the weight's pretty simple, but how do you go about testing the butterfat concentration and everything else you mentioned? Is it? I mean, is it a chemical analysis? Yeah. So so you do uh, milk out on Friday, so everybody starts from the same point. Um, milk out six in the morning on Saturday morning, and you take a small sample and put it in a tube and, with some preservative, and then at six p.m. another milk out. And you take a second sample, so you have a morning and an uh, evening sample. Mix all that up in the tube with a little sample number, and then you have two poor people drive up north to a lab in the middle of Wisconsin, and uh, lab tech comes in, 
fires up the machine, runs all the tubes through, spits back a spreadsheet with a bunch of numbers that gets sucked back into Panorama that adds it to everything else we've done, sorts everything, groups it out, prints it out in a nice chart. Fascinating. I had no idea that those competitions were that that complex. Well, yeah. it's a lot shorter doing it that way because otherwise it's a calculator, a pencil, and a lot of pulling out of hair, which is uh, what happened before I got Panorama. And, uh, okay. you know, it hasn't grown back yet. But it's getting there. Okay. okay. That is one of the selling features of Panorama. Not only can you keep track of all your data, but your hairline will return. Yes. It's right on the package. <laughs> so, so Jim, Jim Ray, how do you feel about your software being used in the goat barn? Um, well, it's it's something I've known about. And I tolerate it. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it probably won't be making it to the newest packaging of Panorama, is I, what you're saying. Uh, I don't know why not. But uh, yeah, I, I even slightly modified Panorama for, for Eric's use in this application. Okay. Okay. Well, Panorama, Goat Barn approved. Um, I felt you, you were saying poor people that have to drive the thing, but it sounds like the lab tech is also fits into the, that has to do this test on Saturday night also falls under the poor people we should feel sorry for category. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not driving with no sleep. Okay. They're just getting up early. Unlike the people that <clears throat> milk the goats, apparently. What? Now, now this this fair is on the outskirts of Milwaukee, right? Yes. Where's the what? The lab is not in Milwaukee. No, it's a couple hours north of Milwaukee. That gotta be in God's country. Seems odd. Well, there's a lot more places that need testing, not in the middle of Milwaukee, because they can do testing for goats, testing for for cows. You know. Testing for cats. In a rural area. You don't melt cats very often. Sheep man. <laughs> Only right? once, and you better wear heavy gloves. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, this is welcome to Farm Voices. Um, <laughs> so uh Mr. Jeff Gamut is here as well, um providing us with his knowledge of cats. Jeff, good to see you. It's good to see you, Chuck. And once again, I am absolutely amazed that you let me back on the show. I strive to amaze you, Jeff, because you constantly you amaze do. me. <laughs> constantly. <laughs> so we had a couple late entrants here as we started to do introductions. First up, in, in a background that is absolutely stunning, Mr. Webb Bixby. Webb. God, you're all dressed up for the occasion. The background is amazing. And I I hear you have some new hardware. Yes, I do. Um, you, you can't hear me okay, right? Yes. So, okay, good. Um, yeah, I, it, I mentioned last week that uh, we converted guest bedroom to an office, have that. So I have my two new uh, Dell displays. Thank you, Mr. Ginsburg, for helping get through that process. Nice. And uh, I'm also using a new um, Insta360 Link camera that's supposed to be tracking me, but evidently it doesn't like 
doing tracking within Zoom. So, and then the background I'm really proud of, this is actually a photo of a quilt that my wife made. She does a lot of quilting and this is one that she did. So you look at every one of those little squares, that's an individual piece being sewn together. So, um, and she's, I'm going to be doing this uh, occasionally um, on the show just to kind of show off her, her skills. So, so that, that's a quilt that my wife made. So, and I just use it as a virtual background. Well, that's, that's phenomenal. I, I mean, how, how big is the physical, the physical kilt? Uh, big enough for a king size bed. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So that's impressive. How long does it take her to do something like that? Oh, and let's put it this way. I've spent lots of money on sewing machines. So, um, <laughs> Uh, I, I couldn't tell this one was very uh, elaborate. So um, I couldn't tell you how many hours it took her to put this one together. It, it was not a weekend project. I'll put it that way. So, yeah, I would say so. That's gorgeous. That really yeah, is. I thought I mean, it'd be a neat background too. So yeah, not just the intricacies, but the colors are so vibrant. So, wow. Yeah. Tell her congratulations. Great job. I will. Good job. I may even try to get her up here before the show's over. So, yeah, please do. That'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah. Last but not least, uh, Mr. Mark Fuccio, going uh, compared to Webb's background, Mark, tonight, you're just not making it, man. It's you chose a black and white photo. What what is the black and white photo? Uh, Again, it's uh, it's a Sonoma theme. Um, We'll quiz the audience right away. You know, it's. it's a Sonoma theme. This was used in, uh, you know, a very prominent movie. Cowboys and Aliens. No, <laughs> I'll give you another hint. It's uh, it's on the Pacific Ocean. Has anyone heard of uh, Pacific Bodega? Rim? But Bodega Bay and uh, Alfred the birds. movie, The Birds. The Birds. Ah, oh, uh, okay. Okay, yeah, that's I think... the background. That's the school that uh, you know the you know, they went into, and then the church they went into for uh, you know for additional protection. So um, hmm. there's can, another variation of uh, you know, Sonoma themes. Yeah, I'm like still it. waiting for the uh, OS to be released. Very creative, Mark. Latest very creative. Yeah, Mark, you are anxious for that uh, Sonoma to come out. I'm just waiting. <laughs> I have plenty of other ideas, so you know we can. <laughs> good, good. Oh, and and Jeff, I your two references pathetically. I know know them both. I've, I've seen both movies, so yeah. Um, so we're going to start out with a story that is a, a little bit disturbing, and I think it's, it's almost a warning. Oh, out what there. I do? No, not yet, Jeff. <laughs> no, no, we'll get to that later. Um. This is Sandis. This is from Ars Technica. Sandisk silence deafens as high-profile users say extreme SSDs still broken. Um, this has been kicking around for a while. Uh, Sandisk allegedly did a an update to them that fixed the problem, and according to Ars Technica, it did not fix the problem. And this kind of thing scares the daylights out of me because these are the kind of little drives that you would use for everything. They're priced very attractively. They have got great capacity. The form factor is great. They're they're bus powered, so they're the kind that you just throw in your pack and you have have storage. And 
apparently things are being lost on them. Uh, Mark has is, has a picture of one. I, have, I, have, I actually have one, but mine is not. I have one right here. Prior generation <laughs> that's not affected by this. Okay. Dave, hold yours up again so folks can see it. Yeah, uh, so, I have one too, but uh, I don't have it in my hand at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I have a dead one right here. So you have a dead one, Webb. Yeah. <clears throat> Recently dead or? Uh, no, it's one that I used to carry around in my backpack and I plugged it in one day and just quit working. So it won't okay. mount up. So. Okay. Well, that may Ouch. not be then related to yeah, this. Yeah. It might not be. I don't think it is. So. Yeah. But just the idea that, that, you know, you could be counting on these drives. So if you have one of these, you know, pay attention to anything that SanDisk is putting out in the way of updates or patches and maybe do a backup or just, I hate to say put it on the shelf, but, you know, just be aware that it your data is in danger, theoretically. Um, and it does seem like, unfortunately, that, that SanDisk has been, as the, as the article title says, has been sort of quiet on this and not really addressing this as as aggressively as you would think one would. So, I, I mean, does anybody else have any reaction to this? I'm just really disappointed because these are, these are highly profiled. I know, I think, I know Dave and I, and maybe Jeff too, have picked them on our holiday gift guides mm-hmm, as, yeah. you know, great little drives. And now I feel sort of bad about doing it. I mean, I even picked up a couple that were different models uh, from Costco not too long ago for like 60 bucks. The one terabyte. So yeah, they're good little drives. So yeah, after that came out, I I moved data off this one and just backed it up right away to another drive. So I don't want it to be a primary device. But yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of bombed. And but Sandix is part of Western Digital, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Um, yes. So so uh, you know Western Digital, pretty big company. They should should be reacting to this. And it, there's a ton of these out there, and I don't understand why there's such silence. It just makes no sense to me. Yeah. Well, well again, actually, the article, the article implies that they may, you know, I, I bought mine, I think maybe Prime Day, you know, they had some really good pricing and, and the article implies that, you know, maybe Western Digital, you know, knew there was a problem and lowered the price to get rid of the crap, you know, bad inventory, which would be really reprehensible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, when you hear Dave say, you know, you got to roll your price on me, you have to wonder if yeah. you you, pay, you paid for what you got. I hope not. Mark, you were going to say? Yeah, I was going to say that, um, you know, it seems W Western Digital, their style seems to be silenced in face of customer problems. Because on the show about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, when uh, some of their MyBook NAS drives were uh, were compromised, uh, you know, we talked about it then. And at that point, they were just, you know, stone cold silence. Uh, about what they were doing, but you know, I would point out, you know, going back to this, that you know, any uh, viewers who have them, it's not an automatic update. You're going to need to go to uh, the Western Digital site and get a downloader, you know, to install it. Um, you know, I saw, you know, uh, I guess I think a link in the R's article, something for Windows, it, which probably doesn't help uh, any more than one or two percent of listeners here um, on the. Western Digital site, you know, linked from the article, uh, there is uh, information about a firmware update. You need to enter your your um, your device's uh, your serial number, and I was trying to do that, and none of the things would work. And then that's when I realized, okay, I have, 
you know, it says V2 when I check mine and it's a, it's a prior generation. So it seems like it's, it's a software update. Um, and, you know, they should really be trumpeting that, that fact that, you know, yes, we have a bug and it's fixed. Um, don't know how many people are out there or what the circumstances under which, uh, you know, these uh, problems uh, manifest themselves. But if it's, if it's software, it's fixable. And unfortunately, um, you know, a little bit of work and effort is required in order to do that. Barry in the chat room says he has four of them and they're all working. Knock on wood. Um, but he also asked, is it just the four terabyte model? No. no, I think they all said one and two and four. And it, what mm. I s- seem to read between there and the comments, it seems to be maybe it's a capacity related issue that when you get above 50% utilization, it seems that's the common denominator of what I've read of people experiencing the bugs. So um, if you're underneath that, you know, that, you know you're maybe in the clear. Mm. It, I don't know. It seems, it seems the effect that here's the Western digital uh one too, the my passport SSD. So I'm looking at their 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 uh, firmware upgrade, and it seems like it's affecting those drives too. Well, it's probably the same device, just different packaging, and yeah. different markets, yeah. branding, and price points, etc., yeah, etc. Yeah, probably, probably. Which would make you think that it might be a hardware problem too. Yep. Because Western Digital, I mean, it's not like they're new to the to this to the SSD game. They've been around for a long time, so. I don't know. I, and, and we're not here to tar and feather them either. It's just, you know, it's disappoint. It's disappointing that there's not better communication. Um, but more importantly, you need to know that this is a time that you even need your backups to be functioning better than normal because there's quite possibly a problem. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of sophisticated you know, work that's going on inside of these things, you know, so it's not, it's not just a passive storage device, you know, it's actually, uh, you know, there's a you know processor in there that's uh, you know monitoring you know how uh, device you know where blocks are written to because you know SSDs have a finite write capacity, so it's trying to balance that out and you know, trying to balance uh, it for you know, maximum longevity. So um, it's not surprising that if they have a software bug that it's uh, causing problems, and also that it is fixable. Well, let's hope it gets done soon. But until then, just be careful out there, especially with your data. Um, next story is the one, and I want to make sure I get Mark uh, to comment on this before he goes. Um, Epic loses their bid to make Apple change its App Store payment rules right now from Engadget. And I just realized my apologies to the chat room. I'm not throwing the links into the chat room properly. So I will do so right now. Um, yeah, so, you know, we've talked plenty about Epic Games here and their apparent crusade against Apple. And it was kind of nice to see them get slapped down yet again. At least that's that's my take on it. Mark, again, I don't I, I know you have to go shortly. So I wanted to get your take on this. Yeah, so just a little bit you know, elaborate on it. I guess what the issue, what the case was about was... Um, yeah, Epic you know, through its appeals was trying to force Apple to allow them you know, to insert in their game uh, information that says the effect that hey, you can save money by going to our site, click on this link, and that's currently against uh, Apple's App Store guidelines. You know, so 
you know, basically it you know went up through the appellate courts up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, uh, basically, we're not going to we're not going to make any ruling until we consider this case. So, um, yeah, it is sort of you know another loss you know for for Epic, and but you know <laughs> they're like a cockroach, you know they <laughs> they keep on coming back. So we'll have to see what happens whenever the Supreme Court hears their case. Webb, I know you've had some experience with litigation, for better or worse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> any any thoughts on on what this means for the? I guess the whenever it does finally get decided. You know, it's. Um, I don't want to come off as just as an Apple fanboy, but I do agree with Apple on on this one that uh, uh, there's a, a certain. I feel that there's a certain security. Uh, that the app store provides that, you know, that, that an app's been vetted and so on and so forth. And as part of that security, you got to play by Apple's rules. And so I'm, I'm, as a consumer, I'm comfortable with that. Other people complain about you don't want to get into the uh, Apple ecosystem um, and that, that it's, it's um, high price so on and so forth. So um, yeah, from, from a litigation standpoint, you know, the, the, you know, this this isn't the battle. Um, this is just a little skirmish. Uh, it still has to play out, so it, it's by no means over. Um, uh, it, what's the old saying? You, they they may have lost the the battle, but they who knows whether they're going to win the war or not. So, so Jeff, as I recall, you're one who who was outraged, maybe shall we say, um, at the way that Epic seemed to stage. The, the 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 opening salvos in this battle well it was painfully disingenuous <clears throat> excuse me because what epic wanted to be able to do is exactly what apple and google do which is take their own 30% cut of what sold through the store through their 15. own store 15 <laughs> and uh, or, or 15 whatever depending on yeah, anyhow the but the point is they wanted to do exactly what apple and google do and so they called out Apple and Google and said they're the bad guys here because look at what they're doing when all along what they wanted to do is to be able to do that themselves. And uh, and that's if, when you're going for a uh, uh, um, public support, as long as you only get people that don't understand what's happening then sure that can help you in the in the uh the public court if you will but uh i, I think a lot of the people that that would be directly impacted by this understood what uh, what epic really wanted to do and that didn't help their public perception and uh yeah so now here we are and uh, as far as uh, as the whole Supreme Court part of this goes. They ha the the U.S. Supreme Court has not agreed to hear the case yet, have they? I believe they have. Now, I believe okay. this was. I believe this was. You know, they're sending it. This back part was it. for the injunction, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. So there's so many cases; it's hard to keep up on everything. Um. And yeah, my my guess is that Epic is going to end up 
in a similar position to a lot of other companies in the near future where they have the the US version of what they do to sell on uh, on mobile devices and then they have the EU version of what they do and uh, and the EU version will be where they get to set up their own store and do exactly what they wanted to do in the United States and then in the US they'll have to go through Apple and Google stores How's that going to work? I mean, is is Apple going to have to then have multiple stores or multiple rules? And what's to prevent me from, uh, or excuse me, what's to prevent someone from the UK turning on their VPN and looking like they're from Utah and buying an app? Um, They would probably need a credit card in the country where they're trying to buy. And then they'd okay. also have to do the the whole VPN thing, probably, so that it appears that they're physically in that country. But yeah, ha- having a, a credit card or some payment form that's directly tied to the country they're trying to buy in, that'll be a big part of it. I don't know. I don't know. It just, it seems like this is one more time that we're seeing things try to get more difficult um, in ways that they really, really shouldn't be. Um, sort of related to this, though, I want to throw this in. I did not have this this queued up, but I did see it. Um, for, this one is from Mac Rumors, but it was reported all over the yeah. place. Um, that setup apparently is looking to take advantage of the situation with some of the new rules and set up their own alternative app store. I intentionally didn't bring this up so that I wouldn't uh, steal your your <laughs> setup. Well, well, go right ahead because I, you know, I again, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I think it's fair to say when I'll say it, I won't speak for anybody else. I'm a big fan of setup, and I recognize that if this does become law, then this presents a business opportunity for them. I wonder with how I'm going to with that I'm going to go. I give I give Jeff my proxy to comment on this. <laughs> no, let me let me get my wine <laughs> and let me prepare my my uh my stable of swear words. Okay. There you go. Chat can help. <laughs> Thank you all. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Good to see you. Take Thanks. care. <laughs> yes, so I mean, again, as as I see the business opportunity, and they'd be kind of foolish not to take it because if if they didn't, somebody else might. And they are uniquely set up. Sorry, that was there was no pun intended there. Set up was is uniquely set up to you know implement this kind of thing because they already have great relations with so many app developers and so many quality app developers. That's the part that I think is going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. I'm with you, Chuck. They would be foolish from a business perspective to not take advantage of this, especially because if they don't, someone else will will take their model and run with it. So they might as well take advantage of the position they're in. They're already established in the space, set it up and uh, and run with it when, when they can. And uh, it'll be interesting. What I think will be interesting to see is what Apple ends up doing with iOS 
so that they they can region control how you buy your apps. Eric, you're sitting there quiet contemplating your performance later tonight. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel about this? As I don't know that you are a the well, I don't know how you get your apps or you know how many apps you buy. Um, but is this something that you think is a is a good healthy thing? Either the I mean we've 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 beat the epic thing to death, but so right now I'm kind of shifting over to the set app thing. I'm not sure yet. It it definitely it, it adds a complexity. The you know the concept is kind of nice, but anytime you get something where what you can purchase and the way you do it is totally different. You know, it'll take a while to kind of um, figure out kind of how how you work around things. Things like managed machines. Um, if you're not going through the Apple Store to install the software, you're getting it from somewhere else. There's an extra layer in there. I don't know if that changes what has to be done with the management software to make it work. It'll, it'll be interesting to kind of see. I don't know. Maybe Dave has some ideas what might happen with that but i'm kind of taking a wait and see for now watch, watch what happens in europe and if they're not crying too badly then okay maybe well, i should have asked this up front um how many people here are set up subscribers oh yeah okay so pretty much everyone hey it worked yeah <laughs> <laughs> Brian Flanagan Arthurs has joined us. Um, I think are you are you with us, Brian? Yep. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. We can hear you good. You good. Welcome. Excellent. Thank Welcome. you for having I know, me. I know you had a previous commitment tonight, but we appreciate your diligence in trying to get here. We're talking about the um uh the Epic Games situation, the injunction situation that's been granted in Apple's favor, and also about setup potentially setting up. Uh, in a an alternate app store for Europe. Excellent, Jim. I wanted to. I, I saved you for last because you're the developer here. I don't believe you have Panorama in setup. Um, but how do you feel about? I know we we kind of know how you feel. I think about Apple's percentage. But how do you feel about the, the Epic battle and also setup doing something in Europe? Um. Well, my biggest problem with the app store isn't the percentage, but, um, you know, I don't know, Epic, it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, be a fan. So it's, it's sort of one of those cases where, but bad cases make bad law. I think, I I don't know. Um, but you know, as far as setup goes, uh, be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, I don't think they're the first people that have said that they were going to do that. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't think Apple's going to let them do that, but uh, I guess we'll see. But, um, you know, my feeling as far as setup goes is I'll believe it when, when I see it, but I, I don't think Apple's going to, Apple's not going to allow that unless somehow the Europeans force it. Next time on Mac Voices, the discussion rages on about the changes that 
the UK's rules will have to Apple's App Store and what it means for setup and their recently announced plans. That's next time on Mac Voices. We'll talk to you then. As always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.